We're in a little series around Father's Day called Man Up. Will you say that with me? One, two, three. Now, one more time, even though you're more live in the first crowd, but one more time. One, two, three. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can find today. I got a feeling it ain't, ooh, that's not good. If you see that on the beginning of a message, you know, uh uh-oh, it's going to be a rough one today. Man up against immorality. Man up. If you're going to make it in marriage and doing the right thing in your life, it's going to take some manning up that's going to have to happen. A lot of mess coming your way. And so the Bible wants us to man up because there's a lot of pain, a lot of mess that happens out there. So we're just going to go with it. Uh-oh, PG-13 today. Ooh. A lot of you are like everyone you give PG-13. I mean, it's sad, ain't it? It's sad that you have, to, you have to tell your children, now don't say what he says. But anyway, here we go. We'll see what happens. Some material may be inappropriate for a children of 13, but parents are with them, so they should be fine. Here we go. You explain stuff if I get off track here. Let's go over this verse. It's something that we're using in this little series. Say it with me. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. And so... Basically, that quits you like men. If you're not careful, you'll read your Bible and you go, what in the world does that mean, quits you like men? I mean, quits you like men. It almost sounds like quit acting like a man, quit being a man. It can't be saying that at all. It basically says this, watch ye stand fast in the faith, quit you like a man. Stop it like a man. So it's really saying it that way, but when you're reading it, you don't see it. So My translation is this, watch ye stand fast in the faith. Say it with me. Man up. Man up. No matter what it is you're facing, man up. Amen? Got it? Say. That's what we're talking about today. Be strong. So, immorality in the church has devastating effects, guys. Immorality in the church. We're not perfect. I get that. But immorality is not about being perfect. It's about making the right decision. All right? Oh, I made a mistake. No, you made a choice. You made a bad decision. It bothers me when people say, you know, well, you know, we all make mistakes. Listen, not everybody has to go cheat on their wife. You understand that, say. You understand that, say. And not everybody does. You get that, don't you? Yes or no? And not every woman cheats on her wife ever cheats on her husband. It's about decision making. Is it getting loud and here is it just me? But I'm going to tell you something. These kind of messages is what makes America a great country. It holds us together. Family does matter. Faithfulness matters. You might say, you're awful conservative. Well, so is the Bible, guys, okay? Come on. This is what we're supposed to do. Here we go. Father's Day. This is good. I told you it's like a coaching message today. How are you doing so far, Mason? You all right? You all right? You're 21, so you're like, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. you glad you're 21 today, ain't you? Here we go. It has devastating effects, immorality in the church. People lose faith in God. They know somebody, goes to church, they see the mess. I don't want none of it. They lose faith in God. Or, or somebody they're married to hurts them. And they just quit. It's rough. People lose family and friends over it. Amen? Say. 
over somebody making a bad decision, going to go do something you don't have to go do. And we talked about temptation last week, so this goes hand in glove with that. People stop attending church. It happens. Immorality. Why go? They're doing it there. Why am I even going to go hang out with people like that? Guys, I know we're not perfect. I get that. But we can be a righteous people. Amen? And that's why we come on a Sunday morning to get our tail kicked sometime and get some marching orders and get, hey, I need to be reminded, man, this is what I need. Right? Yes or no? Because I'm getting bombarded from the other all week long and plus my own crazy mind. Amen? So, people stop praying. Stop reading the Word when these kind of things happen. People start talking what? Trash. I know what that feels like. Have people talk trash about you. Okay? Without getting into it, many of you know me, some of you don't. I was married 28 years. And had a bad situation. Hurt me terribly to, to, for, for my wife to... Want to be with some other fella, not me. Boy, that's, that hurts. Happened right here in this town. I stayed right here. Not because I'm a great guy, but because that's what the Lord led me to do. And stay steady. Stay steady. And God blessed me. But there was a lot of trash talking. Amen? Say, amen. Because that's what people do. It's a good thing I didn't hear much of it because the Lord guarded me from me hearing a lot because I'd put somebody's head through a wall. You understand? That's the way it would be. I know that's not right, but that's how I felt. That's what happens. Immorality causes all kinds of other stuff and mess to happen. Amen? So anyway, and, and the good news is that life can go on. If you're one of those that's faced that and you've been hurt deeply, life can go on for you. Or if you've been one of those that has been the offending person, you've done this and you've really hurt. Listen, forgiveness is available for you. But this pattern of doing that needs to come to an end. You hear me? Yes or no? Needs to stop hurting people. Stop being selfish. Yes or no? Amen, church? Are we talking? All right? It's important. Satan wants to dumb down and numb down. That's his plan. He wants us to be ignorant of God's Word. He wants to numb us down. He wants to dumb us down. He wants us to think this doesn't matter. It does matter. And we're talking strong message today, manning up. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. How long are you going to keep living like a fool? Say, how long are you going to keep being weak instead of doing the right thing? Amen. Say, how long is it always going to be about you and not your family and your young'uns and your wife and your, and your community? That's what the Bible's saying. I'll laugh at your calamity, God says. Let me see that next one since I started it. I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock at you, God says. This is not a game with God. Marriage matters to God. I did a marriage yesterday. Young man, he just graduated from the Naval Academy. He was in his dress blues for the Marines, already an officer. Married a sweet girl, family right out of our church. I baptized her eight years ago and her two sisters. And, boy, I was able to give them the Scriptures. And marriage is honorable. Marriage is a good thing. And they took their vows to be faithful to one another. And you can be pretty well sure I hit that pretty hard. Amen? It's important. 
God doesn't think it's funny when we hurt one another. This is a big deal with him. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant of his word. The word of God's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And, buddy, it cuts sometimes, and it hurts us, but that's okay. We've got to get the mess out of us. And that's where God's word comes in. It cuts to the soul and the spirit. Keep looking, Raj. To the joints and the mire, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. There's some mess that goes on inside of our hearts that's dark, and we've got to stand up against it. Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in God's sight. I like this verse, but all things are what? Say it with me. All things are what before God? He sees everything. He sees the mess we're doing. He sees the immorality. He sees it. You are naked and open. I am naked and open before the eyes of the Lord with whom I have to do. Church, we need to think this way. See this. Believe this. Double down on doing right. Amen? I acknowledge my transgression. This was a man, David, who committed adultery. He acknowledged his transgression. He was... He was devastated after this happened. It had a lot of consequences. Always affected his family after that. But he did acknowledge his transgressions. He says, my, my sin is ever before me. He says, I, you desire truth in my inward parts, Lord. In the hidden part, make me to know wisdom. And thank God he repented, but he was forever changed. Nobody ever looked at him quite the same. His family was devastated. This has devastating effects. So we have to man up against it. It'd be better to man up before it happens. Amen. Say, amen. Yes or no? So that's the plan here. So let's go to the Word this morning for a little bit and see what we can find. And, Rod, you just pushed me. This is a crazy portion of Scripture. Are you all right so far? You're like, oh, man, it's Father's Day. He's being ugly. I usually am on Father's Day. I'm always tough on men. It's just the way it is, ain't it? You, you men here go, man, we should tough on the women sometimes. It's reported commonly, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is a real church. The, Bibles, the churches that you see in the Bible are real churches. Ephesus, Colossae, uh, the church at Rome. You get the book of Romans. Here you have Corinthians. There was a real church at Corinth. These are real churches where real problems are happening. And so we have our Bible, and that's how we learn to do church and to do life and the Christian life from the Word. This is God's Word to these churches. It's still God's Word to our church today. And sometimes, it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't, no wool's pulled here. It's straight up what's happening. It's reported commonly among you in that church. There's fornication among you. And such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles, that word there means the heathen, the unbelievers, the pagans that don't even believe in God, not the true God. It's reported in your church that one of them is having an immoral relationship with his father's wife. Look at the faces. Woo, that's awesome. Mouths. Okay? Fornication. It would have been a stepmother. That's what's happening. Got it? So it's happening in the church. The word fornication comes from the word pornea. That's the word mentioned there. It's illicit sexual intercourse. I told you it's a PG-13 message. It is what it is. You understand? Don't think your kids don't know what's going on. We just like to be numb down and dumb down. We don't want to know. Don't tell me. That's the way I am. I feel that way sometimes. I don't even want to, But I have to do it because I'm a parent, right? 
The term is usually used when someone is unmarried. And adultery is used when somebody is married. Okay, got that? The word fornication. Now, in this situation, you got both. You got somebody here that's having an illicit sexual relationship with somebody who's married. You understand that? That's what's happening in this scripture. The Bible says, Paul writing, under the inspiration of the Spirit, even the pagans don't approve of this. <laughs> even they're not doing this. And you're doing it in the church. That's the thing about the church today. What happens in the world is pretty much mirrored right in the church now. It used to be back in the day the church held a standard. The church was a place where the people of the church were trying to do the right thing. You hear me, yes or no? Now church has become just a place to go. I love you coming here, but I just don't want fellowship to be a place to go. I want it to be a place where we learn God's Word, where we love on one another, but where we're called by Him to a higher standard. That standard is righteousness and holiness and doing the right thing. If we don't, how are we going to even have a testimony? How are we going to share our faith in Jesus Christ and the change that He's made in our life if there's not a change? Have I lost you or not, church? So, no different than them, but look at this church. Paul says, you're puffed up. He's talking to the leaders of the church. You're puffed up. And you haven't mourned about the situation That, this, that he that has done this deed might be taken out from among you. You're puffed up with pride. I don't know maybe how open-minded you are. When does God's opinion not matter anymore? Yes or no? Say, well, it's okay because Congress says, well, I could care less what they say sometimes. You understand? I don't get my cues from Congress. Amen? Their lives are screwed up as everybody else's. All right? We better have a standard, something that's holy and righteous, and that is the Word of God, the Bible. We're going to live it, be living by the seat of our pants. So they're puffed up with pride. They boasted of the fact that their church was what? But God wasn't too pleased with it. He's not impressed. I like to be open-minded. I like to be fair-minded and kind to all people. Anybody's welcome here at Fellowship, flat out. But we're not going to make the, your standard our standard. You understand? Or we're not going to make Gary's standard our standard. Let's let the, the Word of God be over Gary and you. How about that? Amen? I get my tail kicked, you get yours kicked. How about that? Amen? That's the plan here. We want to grow together. Amen? That's what I tell, tell us here. You know, you don't come here to worship me and I don't come here to worship you. We come here to worship Him because we both screwed up. You understand that? Don't put me up here. I need this message. They should have been in mourning over the spiritual death of these people. They should have been mourning over what was happening, but they weren't. For I verily, Paul writing, as absent in the body but present in spirit, he said, look, I ain't there, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I've judged already. And that's a bad word today, isn't it? Judge. I don't judge nobody. It ain't about judging. It's about making good choices. It's about making good decisions. Since when did making a bad decision and say, boy, that's a bad decision. Judging. It's not judging. To call a bad choice for somebody destroying their family, is that a good decision, yes or no? Say, it's not a good decision. It's not judging. It's a matter of fact. Paul says, look, 
I wasn't there, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I've got it in my spirit, my heart, my head, and I've got a brain. And I've judged already as though I was there concerning him that has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you gather together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord is going to be there. Paul's saying, look, I ain't there. Listen to me, I ain't there. But I'm going to tell you, I am there. He's leading. He's manning up. Paul is. And he started this church. He said, no, I ain't there. I am there. But I'm going to tell you who's really there. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ is there. And you need to deal with this mess. Man up. Don't sweep it under the rug. Sexual immorality must be condemned, not condoned. Say that with me. It's rough on Father's Day, but I believe you can handle it. Sexual immorality must be condemned, not condoned. Especially where? In the church. In the church. Obviously, repentance, forgiveness, that's always the way we go, right? Yes or no? Yes or no? Amen? We love Jesus. We love people. Say that with me. We love Jesus. We love people. So forgiveness is always the way to go. Getting right, doing the right thing, forgiveness. People do make horrible decisions sometimes, and they really will have to pay the consequences because of their decisions, and you don't have to make them pay the consequences. Trust me, they're going to pay. All right? But this needs to be dealt with, Paul says. Don't sweep it under the rug. Keep looking. Just stay in the Bible. This was a blight, a blight on the name of Christ. It was a problem. Guys, don't think that you don't matter. You do matter. You matter to your children. You matter to your other family members. You matter to your friends. Don't let the devil get you to believe you don't matter. Because when we think we don't matter, it's easier to make bad decisions. Amen or oh me. When I matter to God, when I matter to Mitch and Elise, when I matter to Kim, who I married almost five years ago. It's hard to believe five years has passed, isn't it? Wow. I matter to Danny and Abby and Hannah. I matter to Miss Jenny, my mother-in-law. I need to realize that, that helps me in my mind to know that, boy, I need to make right choices. Amen? Yes or no? So this has been a blight. They swept it on the rug. And they were ordered, what's that word? They were ordered what? Strongly to take action by who? The Apostle Paul. By the way, he wrote 13 books in your New Testament. Now, he is not God. He's a man just like us. He calls himself the chief of sinners. He was actually overseeing the murder of people who were following Jesus Christ. And Jesus knocked him down on a road, and that guy repented, and he got saved. So there is forgiveness for us who have made horrible choices in our life. Amen? But now look at this man. Is he still living like that? No! This man now has become the apostle to the Gentiles, taking the gospel to pagans. But he's holding a standard of righteousness. He's not judging people. He's saying God's way is the right way. Amen? So just studying the scriptures this morning. Verse 5. He says you need to deal with this. You need to deliver such an one or two, both of them, unto Satan. Unusual scripture. Deliver these folks inside your church that are doing this, that are obviously happy with what they're doing. 
Deliver them unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying, say that verse number 6. See, they were puffed up with pride. Look at verse 6. Say it with me. Your glorying is not what? Good. Know ye not that a little leaven's going to leaven the whole lump? Haven't we seen that today in our culture? Yes or no? Little here. How many thought you'd never, ever, 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 ever live to see some of the things you're seeing today with your very own eyes? That's, your, that's every hand in the room. Where was the church? Amen? I'm just dumb enough and crazy enough, I guess, to believe that, uh, boy, my message really stands out now. <laughs> Amen? I need to really live for the Lord and talk about the Lord and talk about doing right because I'm telling you what, it's something new. That's how I feel sometimes. Amen? Even some of you in this room today, you're listening to this message like, oh, boy, this is tough. Ooh, ooh. Newfangled churches, they would tell you, don't preach a message like this. You'll kill your church. You can't grow your church talking like this. I disagree with that. I think it's a good thing when we stand for family. Amen? Say. And I'm not talking about just family events. I'm talking about stop screwing around. Amen? Say. I think it helps us. I think it's a good thing. Paul did. Purge out the old leaven that you may, that there may be a new lump. As you're unleavened, for even as Christ is our Passover, he sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of, what's those last words? Sincerity and truth. We can have issues in our life, and we can have made horrible choices, but the choice is not to continue doing that or to pardon that. Just, oh, it's okay, no big deal. The, the, the matter of the fact is we need to get back to sincerity and truth and what is right. Amen? And that's good for all of us if we do this. So, man up. So what does Paul say? You talk about some manning up was going to have to go on here. He said, turn them, not the church, over to Satan. <laughs> that's crazy, ain't it? He's like, hey, hey, it's about the gospel of Christ. It's about his righteousness. It's about doing the right thing. Don't spoil the whole thing over those two people. You hear me, yes or no? You keep moving. You keep going on. Don't put up with that. Amen. That's tough, ain't it? Tough talk. But I'm going to tell you something. If you've been on the receiving end of this kind of pain, it makes you thankful for the Bible. It makes you thankful to know that God's in your corner. It makes you thankful to know that standing for marriage and doing the right thing, God honors that. He'll bless me for that. And when I hurt, that's because He hurts. He hurts with me. So somebody had to go, Paul said. <laughs> it was them or the church body. And Paul started the church. He's like, let me tell you something right now. This gospel is going around the world. It ain't stopping with that couple. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> They're done. All right? He's strong. Satan's target, listen, is the what? Say it with me. One more time. Satan's target is the what? We are called, we are commissioned to tell the people out there in this world about Jesus Christ. We're to share with them Christ. But if our life is so lousy and we don't have a testimony, let me tell you something right now. They are not going to hear a word you're saying. Never, ever, ever, ever will they listen to you either if you think you're better than them. Horrible. Horrible. No. Humbly. But doing the right thing. Amen? And you'll have a testimony, and God will bless you for that. 
So, sincerity and truth can never be sacrificed. We're talking about manning up against immorality, guys. Sincerity and truth can never be what? Sacrificed. Stand for the truth. So, man up against immorality. So, what can I do to be proactive? Now, we're going to just go through a few things and learn a little. What can I do to be proactive against falling in immorality? It's obviously Paul said we've got to deal with this, all right? Got to deal with it. So, what can I do to be proactive in my life? To stand against immorality. Let's go with it, Raj. Number one. Say it with me out loud. Number one. Nurture your. One more time. Nurture your marriage. Okay. Nurture your marriage. Work hard for it. Work hard for your marriage. Instead of wishing for it. Oh, I wish I had it like so-and-so. How about quit wasting your breath and take that breath and work on what you can work on? Amen. Say, you don't know what so-and-so have. You have no idea what their marriage is like. I've done a lot of marriage counseling. You would be surprised the people I've marriage counseled. You thought they had these little lily-white lives. They do not. Some of them occasionally had that little perfect match. Very rare. Most of them have mess because there's two sinners trying to live together and be one flesh, and that's a fight. It's rough. Listen, nurture your marriage. Stay at it. Here, I've been married five years, okay? First year was like, woo! Well, guess what? After five years, you might say, that's not that long. Well, I was married 28 before, okay? And to be honest with you, I didn't even want to get married again. And that's not a slam on Kim or anybody. That's me being brokenhearted and a mess. I did it because it's the right thing to do. Because I know me. I'll be going around screwing around town. That ain't going to fly. Because then that will bring a blight on this church. Is that correct? Yes or no? So, honestly, I was broken and hurt. Kim was broken and hurt from her relationship that was horrible. And two hurt people got together. And at first it was, woo! But guess what? Guess what? We have to work at it. We have to work at it. Y'all hear me? We have to work at it. We have to tell each other and sometimes get on each other about, hey, hey, I love you and you need to tell me you love me. We need to work on stuff together. Yes or no? And being grateful and being thankful to want to nurture your marriage. You want to stand against immorality? Just keep wishing for other stuff and see if you don't screw around. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loves his wife loves himself. We ought to think like that. As I love Kim, I'm loving Gary. As I'm caring for Kim, I'm caring for Gary. I'm loving her. I'm loving myself. Because we are together. No man ever yet hated his own flesh. You take care of yourself. You pamper yourself. You get a boo-boo baby, you want it fixed. Amen? Say, you got some pain, you want to get it over. Well, work on your marriage like that. Nurture it like that. Cherish it as the Lord, the church. That's how we're to love each other. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his what? Wife as who? We need to nurture our marriage. This is how, guys, we're going to stand, how we're going to man up against immorality. We're going to nurture our marriage. Okay? And the wife, see that she does what? 
reverence. Before these scriptures, it was submit one to another in the fear of the Lord, 522, I believe it is. But the bottom line is, and wives, see that you respect your husband. Work at that. Well, you know, he don't deserve no. What? Listen, work at that. Work at respecting each other and submitting to one another. Amen? This is how you're going to avoid this. Immorality in your marriage. Yet you say in Malachi, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between you and the wife of your youth. Basically, you've forgotten God. That's what the Scripture said. You've forgotten me, God says. And, and, uh, and you say, why? How do we forget you? How do we forget you, God? They're talking back to God to his face. And the Lord says to them this, through the prophet, because the Lord has been witness between, say it with me, you and the what? Wife of your what? Against whom you've dealt what? Treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of your covenant. God says, God says, you've forgotten me. You're saying no to me. And they go, we've never said no to you. And God says, yes, you are saying no to me because the way you treat your wife, when you hurt her, you're hurting me. Did you hear me, yes or no? When you're hurting your husband, you're hurting me, God says. Nurture your marriage. And did he not make you one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit and whereof? One, wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit. Let none deal treacherously against the wife of his what? Youth. Guys, man up. Treat the woman you're married to with respect. Y'all hear me? It's awful quiet in here. You think I'd be getting cheers from the women. You just hear this every day? I guess they're showing this on TV every night. Is that what they're saying? Love your wife. Be faithful. Don't cheat. Do you hear that anywhere else other than church? I don't hear it anywhere anymore. Do you? Good. She said, you're taking my breath away. I'm glad to hear talk like this. Come on, lady. God bless you. So take care. Listen, nurture your marriage. Take care of your spouse emotionally. Each other. Care about each other's emotions. Don't take advantage of that, by the way. Just playing the emotional thing. I get emotional. That way I can shut him up. I can shut her up because I can get a little emotional. That's not nurturing. That's not respectful. Take care of each other emotionally, spiritually, and sexually. This is what the Bible teaches. God created man and woman. It's not good for a man to be alone, so he created man out of, I mean, woman out of man so that he wouldn't be alone. This is God's plan that we nurture each other. Okay, so nurture your marriage. That's number one. Number two, help me say it out loud. How do I stand against immorality? You might say, well, I'm not married right now. Trust me, everything I just said, there's a lot there you can grab a hold to. Okay, guys and ladies, trust me on this one. Number two, say it out loud. Now, how do I stand against immorality? Number two, do what? Think right. Think right. Take captive your thought life. This is where I struggle. And I think most men would probably say, Pastor, I'm with you. It's our thought life. And maybe women, too. I'm not a woman, so I'm not quite certain some of the things that y'all go through. But I do know, as a man, and meeting men, and young men, our thought life can be a mess. And you've got to man up. You've got to man up. You've got to take captive your thought life. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds that can get in our mind. You start thinking stuff, wanting to do stuff, won't be long, you'll be doing stuff. You've got to, got to fight, man. But you have power in the Holy Spirit to cast down imaginations. Get out of here, man. You're crazy. Okay? And every high thing that exalts himself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of who? Christ. It takes work. It's hard. Having in a readiness to do what? Revenge all what? This ain't talking about somebody else, guys. It's talking about your own disobedience. You gotta go, you gotta go on the on the on the attack against yourself in your own mind if you're gonna stand against immorality. So think right. Say this with me. Know that not everyone is doing it. Come on, church, one more time. Know that not everyone. And guys, I don't want to show a hand this morning on this message. I do it a lot, but not today. Okay? But I'm sure I could say this morning, who in this room has been faithful to their husband or wife? They have never cheated on them, never stepped out, period. And there would be quite a few hands that would go up in this morning, in this room. All right? So don't you pull that bull and that line that everybody's doing it to get by with your bad behavior. You hear me, yes or no? Stop it. That is so weak. Weak! To pull that. Everybody's not doing it. There's a lot of people that their marriage matters to them and their God matters to them. And they want to do the right thing even though they part of them wants to do the wrong thing. But they fight. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to man up and fight. Number three, here we go. Oh, ain't he cute? Number three, stop acting. Say that with me. Number three, stop what? How do I stand against immorality? Well, I nurture my marriage. Number two, I take captive my thought life. Number three, stop acting. These are my words. If you don't like them, you can get mad at me. What do I mean by that? Don't act like a playboy or a playgirl. And you know what? After you get a little older, it starts to making us want to throw up, okay? Say. And wear clothes that fit, all right? Come on. Since I'm going down that path, out loud, come on. What mirror are you looking into? This ain't a carnival. Stop acting, all right? Listen, stop acting like a playgirl or a playboy. If you want to stand against immorality, you better, you better stop putting out, stop putting out the vibe by being a flirt. I'm not talking about being nice to people, shaking their hand, hugging their neck. I'm not talking about that, guys. I'm talking about thinking you all that, thinking you hot when you not. All right, excuse me. Come on. You want to stand against immorality? Come back to reality. You want to stand against immorality? Come back to reality. I'm going to be famous one day. These are good quotes. If you want to stand against immorality, come back to reality. You think you're hot. You're not. Who said that I did? Can we write that down somewhere? It's going to be in my book. Come on. 
And buddy, I can talk about it. Because when I went through my mess and I was hurt so bad, I had to fight so hard because I thought I had a right to screw around. I did. I'd been hurt. I thought I had a right. And I had to fight the fact that I thought I had a right. And all of a sudden, I'm 49. Thinking I'm all that. Yeah, I know it's funny, Annie. Go ahead and laugh with me. You're funny, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I married Kim, and the good thing is she does think I'm all that. But, but, but the good thing about Kim, she knows I ain't all that. You know what I'm saying? She thinks I'm all that because she loves me, but she really knows I'm not all that. And occasionally she'll tell me. But the biggest one in this church that tells me, Dad, you make me sick, is my daughter, Elise. (laughs) So y'all really need to high-five Elise when you see her and thank her for grounding her daddy. Amen? Say. So anyway, stop acting. This is a true saying. If a man, you know what I put this, it's talking about a pastor here or people that desire to be a leader in a church. If a, it's a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. The word bishop could be pastor. It could be, you know, somebody who's an overseer in a church, a leader. A pastor, bishop, leader, then must be what? Say it with me. Blameless. It's not saying he's perfect. It's not saying that because there are no perfect people. But it says he should be blameless, the husband of one wife. For years, I thought that that meant he could never be divorced. It doesn't mean that. There's a list of 17 things here. It's talking about the character of a man or anyone who seeks leadership for the Lord. Or feels like I've got God's call on my life. I think it's for all of us, to be honest with you. Every one of us should live for this standard. What does that mean? A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife. There's 17 things. Vigilant, sober, good behavior, given hospitality, appetite, blah, blah, blah. keeps going. But that word, husband of one wife, means a faithful husband. It means a one-woman kind of man. Plain English, it means don't get you a pastor who's a playboy. Did you hear me say? And that's what we do sometimes in our churches today. We want to get to get, you know, best looking, most slick, most this. And then we wonder, well, wonder what happened. I can't believe it. He was so nice. Well, that's what you chose. Choose faithfulness. Choose godliness. We want to have, we want to do the right thing. Not perfection. It's not going to happen. But we want to stay true to our wives. Yes or no? Amen? Say. Are y'all all right? You're like, wow, this is rough. We're almost done. Remember that it takes two, guys. It takes two in MRL. It takes two. Listen, don't be the one. It takes two. You don't be the one. It takes two. One plus one equals two. You let it just be one plus zero because you ain't doing it. Amen? Say. Run. Run if you have to. Quit your job if you have to. Quit your job if you have to to keep your marriage. Quit your job if you have to. Get out of a situation with a little sweet thing down the hall. Quit your job if you have to. God will bless you. Not saying you're going to get rich, but you just might be a good daddy and keep your family. Man up against immorality. Here we go. Tell me I'm done. 
Am I done, Raj? Almost. Thank you, buddy. Quick checklist. Watch your spiritual health, guys. Guard your marriage. Guard your marriage. Isn't this what you want to hear on Father's Day, ladies? Say, isn't this what you want your man to be like, ladies? Yes. Am I wrong or right? Am I wrong or right? Look at that. Now we get some cheers. Here we go. Take adequate precautions. Take adequate precautions in your life, your thinking, your head. Understand subtle signs of attraction. You want to stand against immorality? Understand those signs, that vibe. I'm not saying be a freak. If you like to talk to people, I'm outgoing, I'm, you know, gregarious, whatever. It's my name, okay? But there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference in being kind and outgoing and loving and giving out this vibe like, ooh, I'm available, can I get your number kind of vibe. Got it? Yes or no? Back off how? You find yourself getting in a situation, back off how fast? But what if I hurt their feelings? Good! That's even better! Amen. Say, it's all right. My family's worth it. My marriage is worth it. My children are worth it for me to back off quickly. You didn't see Paul have a whole lot of sympathy for this couple, did you? That's tough, isn't it? I mean, here's Paul, a good man, loves God. He's forgiving. He's kind. He was the chief of sinners. But I'm going to tell you what. You saw where his priorities were. They're with the Lord. Your priorities need to be with the Lord and with your family. With your family, even if it means hurting somebody. Oh, but they're so friendly and so nice. Forget about them. Excuse me. That's tough, ain't it? Spell my name right. I said it. Okay, here we go. Think right thoughts. And I'm going to say it again because of my own struggle, my own upbringing, hellhole of a home, mom and dad running around, didn't have any good upbringing. I didn't have a father figure. I had the wrong kind of figure in my life. My stepdad who came in and started shacking up with my mama would put the penthouse magazines on my dresser when I was 12. So that flooded my mind. So I still struggle with my thought life. Why do I tell you that today in front of y'all? Probably, you know, I can't believe Pastor Gary. It's called real, guys. So I still struggle. Some of these I'm really strong at. I'm really strong. Some of them are not as strong. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for your preacher. How can we pray for you, preacher? Well, that's a good one, ain't it? Say. Pray that your head will stay straight. Pray that you'll love Kim and the girls. Pray that you'll love Mitch and Elise. Amen. Say. Pray that you'll have a, we just pray you have a strong marriage together. Amen. Is that wrong for me to ask? Amen. So. Make yourself accountable. Say that with me. Make yourself what? That's why we have a men's group like we have. We have another men's group over here with John. It is about teaching the Word, John, but it's also, you know those guys, don't you? Over many years, they've had a Bible study. How many years? Ten or twelve years. And, Ronnie, you've had this one here for going on a year now. See that? So here's the point. We've got another men's group that meets on a Monday morning. We've got a couple of ladies' groups that meet at homes. We need each other. We need accountability. Amen. Say, we don't just do the senior luncheon so we can eat out here. We do senior luncheon so we can have friendships and accountability and get to form relationships. It's huge in our life. Amen. People are hurting, guys. They need help. 
Remind yourself of the consequences of what this is going to do. Broken relationship with God, devastated family, ruined testimony and reputation in the town, discouraged and disillusioned church. Can you guess who wrote the message? See how it's personal with me? I had to fight. So that's a quick checklist. Roger, we done? You're killing me. Can we say it? Here we go. One, two, three. All right, let's thank the Lord for His Word this morning. A little bit long, but there you go. you got a plate full today. Happy Father's Day!